Ladies and gentlemen, from the beautiful Golden Horseshoe in Disneyland, California, we're proud to present the thrilling Golden Horseshoe Review. I also really got a kick out of the idea that, and this thing was was mentioned multiple times in the prospectus, that they were trying to build like this unique shopping experience that probably didn't exist in America at that time, which is kind of interesting. Well, yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I mean, going out, going shopping was a novelty for most families starting in the mm-hmm. in the 40s and 50s. That was kind of a new thing. Yeah. I mean, you bought some essential things, but recreational shopping was a new sort of thing. Yes. And I remember also, I think in a Disney book I read a long time ago, I think it was Bob Thomas's bio of Walt Disney, and Disney was talking about how excited he was that people would be able to come to Disneyland and eat under like a $10,000 chandelier in a fancy restaurant because Mm -hmm. going out to eat was not at all a common thing back then. Fast food didn't exist yet. That was something that you did on a very special occasion. Probably the parents only, probably not the entire family. Yeah. Most people probably never experienced it. Um, Just it's like how uh, air travel used to be. Right, right, right. Like super special. That's such a such a different time. Yes, yes, things have things <laughs> have know? changed more than things really more have. than you think. I really liked that. There's one bit on there that I really liked uh, that you could, if you want to, you can order a pony or a miniature donkey out of the catalog that they would have at the Disneyland Emporium because they obviously wouldn't stock the pony and the miniature donkey. And I really liked that. Yeah. Uh, I love the idea of just opening up this Disney catalog and oh, here on page fifty, donkeys. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, I, I'll have three. Uh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Disneyland had a circus for a very brief period of time. Um, it's in these plans, and they actually did do that. Uh, I think they called it Holiday Land. Well, one of the things about fascinating about having a circus at Disneyland is there's no recognition that Disneyland is essentially going to obsolete the circus. Circuses were a much bigger deal earlier in the 20th century than they are today. Uh, yeah. And you always you see it in reference to stories, like I remember reading this in Tom Sawyer and other places. I mean, kids had dreams of growing up and working in the circus. That was a very yeah. common dream. Almost nobody has that dream anymore. They want to grow yeah, up and when they want to work at, at Disneyland. Totally. The, uh, the circus and the carnival, When because I, I grew up in a really small town in the Midwest, and those two things were really big mm-hmm. deals. When I, in, like, even in my lifetime, like that, like in the summertime, that those those things would happen, and it was like it it was it was might might as well have been Disneyland yeah. to us. How excited we were when the circus or the carnival was in town, and if they were both were in town, ooh, right, <laughs> it was it was a real banner right. day. But yeah, in some sense, Disneyland eliminated our desires for circuses, and and that's what they found actually when they put it up is that nobody really wanted to go because they were having fun at Disneyland. I love the uh, the large portion of the park that they initially were going to uh devote to Lilliputian land. Yeah. And I think Lilliputian land basically became the storybook canal Yes, boats. I think that is how that <laughs> so ended. So it up. went it went from a land all the way down to a little boat. Right, ride. right, right. Um I found that really interesting. So there's this original Herb Ryman sketch that everybody has seen um that they have at the top of this prospectus webpage. Um I love the castle in this one. It's it, yeah. I mean, it's it's weird how it's kind of asymmetric. The castle's actually set to the back, but I like yeah. how it actually looks like a real it does. castle. Though. It, it has does. The, the real castle courtyard. I like how it's very explicitly Fantasyland is inside the castle walls. I mean, yeah. that, it's that's sort of hinted at with Fantasyland today. The the walls kind of stretch all the way out to like the Matterhorn and to Japan's uh-huh. on the side. But 
this really makes it very explicit. Like that's the you know that's the interior of the castle there with a moat yeah. around the entire thing. You could actually defend that castle against Knott's Berry Farm <laughs> if they ever chose to invade. That's right. You totally could. <laughs> Tomorrowland's in the right place. Uh, Jungle Cruise is still in a place called True Life Adventureland. It hadn't shrunken yet to mm-hmm. Adventureland. Oddly enough, that was the synergy in the the first version of the park. There were there were there was True Life Adventureland, which followed on along with the right. show. There was the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse where you could go and I think that they even planned to film stuff there, which I find really interesting. Yeah, that was going to be a studio to turn, according to this document. Yeah. Yeah, what a weird thing that would have been to have have partially a working studio in the park. Uh, it talks about one of the Tomorrowland attractions, and it says, The roaming ride through the universe will depict the exploding stars, constellations, planets, and comets exactly as charted, and be no less thrilling for being authentic. Again, mm. authenticity is what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Tomorrowland was completely that way. Tomorrowland, really, in this prospectus, is the first version of Epcot. Yes. The Epcot we got, not the Epcot he wanted That's to right. build. That's right. That's right. It was a little tiny World's Fair. Devoted to American industry and industriousness. And the sort of sad um, thing that happened is that post-Epcot, Tomorrowland has been kind of dumbed down and turned into Fantasyland in space. Totally. Because it doesn't, it doesn't have that role anymore of, of displaying yep. science, displaying you know, the future. It's, it's really just about outer space now in a, in a really kind yeah. of uh, you know, Fisher-Price type way. Yeah, it's, now it's up to Elon Musk to, to take that banner and do something else right, with it. Right, right, right. <laughs> Disney's not going to do that anymore. Yeah. That's done. Let's see here. Disneyland will be a place for California to be at home, to bring its guests, and to demonstrate its faith in the future. Oddly enough, in that statement, not not very forward-looking, in my opinion. It seemed to like really cast Disneyland as a California pl- as a California thing, and not really interested in like making it a nationwide destination. Well, I, th- I, th- I think nationwide travel was not a thing back then. That that was pretty much when they were building the first building the interstate. Yeah, they were, yeah, that was just starting to happen, and and uh, yeah. highway you know five was being built. That's why they put Disneyland where it was because that's because five that's was right. being built at that very moment. Um, I heard this great story about um, when they were building Disneyland, they would go and steal the trees that were going to be cut down the next day for the building of I five and transplant them over to Disneyland. Yeah. And they did that routinely. Yeah. <laughs> so many of the trees that are in Disneyland to this day were actually just taken from the path of I-5, yeah. which I think was just, that's honestly brilliant <laughs> for them to do yeah, that. Yeah, no, I, I think um, if, they had a, if they had tried to assume that people east of the Mississippi or even closer to California would be traveling all the way to California to go to Disneyland, I think they would have been, you know, people would have thought they were smoking crack. You know, yeah. just, that just didn't happen unless, you know... People didn't travel like that back then. It was a yeah. very rare, yeah. rare occasion. Took another, and I think it took about another ten years before it really became a thing, didn't it? It certainly like did it get started big in the fifties. Yeah, it certainly got much yeah. bigger in the sixties. I mean, it was it, it started doing well from day one, uh, but then you know, and, and just kind of scaled up dramatically from then until it became a, a thing that. Certainly, if you were wealthy in in the U.S., you you did it, uh, even if you were mm-hmm. on the East Coast in the '60s. But plane travel started becoming a little more viable at that point. And I I don't know if you know this. I don't, I actually don't know this. Is the theme park division the most profitable uh, uh, division of the Walt Disney? I company? think it is because it, I bet it is. The, too. the numbers I saw recently were that uh, Disney made six point one billion in profit, and two point two of that was from the theme parks. So yeah. it's it's like thirty plus percent of yeah. the profit. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder where that uh, where that happened. 
you know? So obviously it wasn't the first. It took a while, probably. Sure. Like, what, what year was it that they sort of crested into the the realm of, you know what? These things are actually pretty profitable. Uh, let's build more. <laughs> I, well, I think I, my dates might be are, are wrong, I, almost certainly, but I think, like, the 1959 or so is, is when I think the Disney Studios bought Disneyland from Walt Disney. There was actually a sale, I believe, that oh, yeah. happened. Um, and they got everything except for the train. For some reason, the he train, kept the right. train. And the family yeah. <laughs> then ran the train and got a ton of money off. I think they might still get a ton of money from the train. Yeah, just the royalties yes, of the train. Yeah, because they, they uh, pay some, the, the the parks pays some sort of you know lease or something. I love I love that loophole. Yeah, and that was also true with the Tiki Room. Although the Tiki Room wasn't until you know sixty four or That's so right. sixty five. And or maybe that was earlier, sixty two, sixty three. But anyway, the yeah. family owned that too, and that was one of the reasons it was called Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room because literally he That's owned right. it. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, what a what a great little bit of trivia that is. In the in the prospectus, there's this little bit about um, what because they didn't have money for the uh, for for Tomorrowland, so it was going to be all corporate sponsors. Yeah. So they had uh, this the Kaiser Aluminum Hall of uh, the Kaiser Aluminum Hall of Fame, which was a giant tin telescope, yep. a tin pig, and exhibits about the role of aluminum in American right. industry. And then my favorite part, a dairy of the future that featured models of cows with IVs in their hocks gazing at videos of. Oh passion. yes, I've I've heard about now. That. <laughs> Now, if there is one thing that really dates this thing, <laughs> it's that. People had a very because... different conception of what uh, the level of uh, technology they would accept. Yes. And, and oh, man, imagine, just imagine that someone's like, gentlemen, all right, here's what we're going to do. No more dairies out in the, uh, out in the fields. None. No. We're going to put them in a room, and we're going to have them stare at screens. The outrage... Would be yes, <laughs> just astronomical. Yes. It was, and rightly so, because that's terrible. Uh, <laughs> it's but, like but it shows horrible thing it I've shows how different things are, how much people change. Because it wasn't terrible then, um, and yeah. those were animals. You didn't treat animals the way you treat animals today. Yeah, they don't have feelings. Yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. It is a different time. That is for sure. On the very front page of the prospectus, it says Disneyland. Well, there's a Walt Disney uh, intro, and it says Disneyland, where you leave today dot, 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 mm-hmm. and visit the world of yesterday and tomorrow. And the word fantasy not is not in there, and that gets added later. Yeah. I wonder if the uh, if, if his experience with the World's Fair in 1964 actually kind of fed into that, and, like, if he was trying to, you know, make his own World's Fair ahead of that, or... I'm going to say what the know. experience was, whether he... I mean, certainly he got things out of it that he wanted. I don't know whether he thought the World's Fair overall was a good thing or not a yeah. good thing. I mean, he probably wouldn't have liked the politics and compromise that would have gone with actually Definitely. building the World's Fair. I, I, I heard a great story on the, the Jim Hill podcast this week about uh, Smart World at the World's Fair. And, and how, like, like two things I found really interesting. One, they built that whole thing in nine months um, with just like not as much budget as you would think. It, you mean a Small World? <laughs> It, yeah, at the fair, yeah. I think they had like at at the fair. It was like four million dollars, and they had nine right. months. And the 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 sponsor at the time was Pepsi. And when they saw the models and saw what they wanted to build, they hated it. They didn't want to do it. 
uh, because they didn't think they didn't like the idea of singing children. They didn't think it pushed the product, which it didn't. Um, <laughs> like all these reasons, and then they eventually got you know they were like, well, we we hired these guys to build this for us. You know, we we better do we have to do something. We've only got nine months left. What are we gonna do? You know. And they went ahead and did it, and then the rest is history. But I, I found that really interesting that it was just like nothing but brick walls <laughs> to get that thing done. Right. You know? I, I think if you took Disney on as the company that was going to build your theme, your your World's Fair um, pavilion, you were pretty much taking what Disney wanted to build you. Build you. Like you, yeah. you didn't get yeah. a ton of say <laughs> in that. I think. I mean, they were they were yep. willing to compromise. Yeah, you know, they're willing to put your message in there and so on. But you kind of had to take what they wanted to give you. Yeah, well, one thing, yeah, that. the small world at uh, the World's Fair was not nearly as nice as the one that got built in Disneyland. I mean, it's just a, it's a flat-out warehouse. Uh, yeah. With The only thing that saves it is is the Tower of the Four Winds out front of it. That's um, right. And that's why that's there, I think, just to, to save uh-huh. them from having to build a nice building. I wonder where that is today. Uh, yeah, I think it's Suppose totally demolished. I, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, that's that is that's too bad. It is too bad because it looks pretty. Yeah, amazing. if there was one thing that should have been rescued, it's that. And that thing was gorgeous. Yeah.